Hey everybody, Stephen here from The Truth About Dyslexia. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the visual mind. Now, the average or majority of dyslexics will find it easier to use visual thinking than written symbolic style thinking. It's just a natural way we process. It's not exactly the same for everyone, but it is a skill that most of us can harness with a bit of practice. And I want to talk about a couple of realizations I've had about the way I think with visuals and what I've learned um, about what people have have learned about the, about dyslexia over time. So let me share those. Um, let's dive into the podcast. Okay, before we dive in today, I just want to uh, let you guys know I am still looking for people to uh, do an audio interview. We're using this awesome tool called Video Ask. It's really easy. You get to watch a little video of me talking to you and asking you questions, and then you can record your answer in audio. Each answer is a maximum of four minutes long, and if you're not happy with it, you can redo it. What I always recommend, though, is, is just speak from the heart, have a couple of things jotted down that you want to say, um, and you can hear Ashley's interview, which was fantastic using the tool. Uh, so if you'd like to do it, I've now added this on to the Truth About Dyslexia website. If you find the podcast page, it's just down the bottom, and I'll put a link in the show notes. We'd love to have a few more dyslexics telling us a little bit about their story. What I have found is anyone I've interviewed, um, the great thing about it is you're able to use it to both promote awareness around dyslexia using your own story, um, and that can that can sometimes be easier than a lot of things because people want to hear about how you feel um, and when you're ready to open up, it's it's a great place to do it. So uh, um, I'll look forward to getting a few more of those through. I try and use as many as possible uh, as long as they will fit with the show. So don't go off on too many tangents, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so let's uh, dive into this episode. Okay, so let's dive in. This episode is around the visual mind. And I've done a bunch of these episodes over time, but my learnings, my understanding, my practices keep evolving um, uh, and getting better. And I think it's important to continue to share what I'm learning. One thing that is true, a lot of it hasn't changed. It's just been added to um, or my articulation of it has improved. And there are three things I really want to dive into. So this is great for anyone who's just starting out listening to the podcast um, or is thinking about how how does their mind actually work differently to someone who is neurotypical or not dyslexic, not right-brained um, as a preference. So the three things that really stand out, I think you should you should think about. The first is people talk about picture thinking. And I've had this come up a few times where people go, I don't think in pictures. Because what they what they associate with the word picture is like a flat image. They they think in like I don't think in a bunch of flat images as the equivalent to flat words. It's much more intense or visual or emotional, or there's something else to it, but I wouldn't say that phrase. And I see a lot of people get get hung up on picture thinker, visual thinker, because they think of flat images. And when I was working with a coaching client, she put it really well, and it kind of got me thinking about this. It is much more of a movie that's running in your head at a really high pace and high speed that is charged with energy. So that is more how our brains operate. We will see short visual clips. We can create short visual clips in our mind. 
um, we can, you know, it's kind of like living in a dream world, a daydream. It's probably how we were told as kids, um, daydreaming about things that could happen. Um, we want to happen. We don't want to happen. Um, all mashed up into a big pile. And over time, you can use your brain to kind of break them up. But the, the core thing I want to share in this point is that when we say visual thinker or picture thinker, we are much more talking about movie thinking. It just hasn't really caught on for some reason. I don't know why, but it's much more around emotive vi videos with some sort of, I guess, energetic charge is probably the easiest way to say it. It runs through us. So hopefully that makes sense. It's a real easy one. It's a simple one. The next one, and I think this is really important with a visual-minded thinker, uh, the dyslexics out there, um, and this is a phrase that I, I learned from some coaches over in New Zealand, is if a, if a picture says a thousand words to a dyslexic, a word gives a thousand pictures. Deep, right? So it's the opposite way around, and it's quite true. And the example that I hear a lot um, is if I just say wave to you with not much context, and I just say wave, close your eyes, what comes to your mind? What's the picture, the image? What can you see if I say wave? You try and focus on that. So with that, with that word, without any other context, you might be seeing a wave on a beach in the ocean. You might see someone waving to you. Maybe it's an audio wave coming out of your phone or your earphones to your, to your brain. Maybe it's a microwave. Are you starting to get my point here? There's a lot of pictures that can associate with a singular word, and in English especially, I believe, it could be the same in other languages, I've actually got no clue, but in English, there are a lot of words that are terribly created, because they have three, four, five, six, seven different pictures that can be associated with them. And with the dyslexic mind, because we're visual thinkers, we think we're looking at the, the movie or the image very, very quickly that's associated with the sound coming out of someone's mouth. And if it's not clear or in the right context, we can really struggle with it. It's the same when we speak from a visual point of view. Many of us can talk. Like you're listening to a podcast. I can talk, right? You know, uh, but the words, like the actual images in my head are going so quickly. I sometimes lose my train of thought or I can't get the words out quick enough because my visual brain is seeing something that I want to talk about, but I can't get it out of my mouth quick enough or clear enough. Does that make sense? Have you ever felt that way in, in communication? And that's where the visual mind is going at such a pace, be it taking information in and getting some images wrong or doing the opposite where we just can't put our words out of our mouth to the speed of images in our head. So those are a couple of things I've talked about in the podcast before, and I think they're really important if you've never really thought about it from a dyslexic perspective. Our brain's preference is the visual cortex or the visual side of it. I'm sure it's got a fancy, fancy, sciencey name. Um, but the visual side of our brain, rather than the symbolic, uh, slightly more logical in some senses side. Um, so that's those two pieces. Now, what have I been working on recently that that's made me want to do this episode is probably the question I'm asking myself. Now, I'm a great believer in visual guided meditation um, and learning how to manage your brain. You know, the, the benefit of meditation is that it's 
in my mind, it is about regulating what energy is going through my head. Because some days, you know, what I find with dyslexia is we can be really high energy, super high powered, super orgo, like charged up like a, an overcharged battery. We've got it all there. But we can also sometimes decharge really, really quickly and be the opposite end of the scale. Now, those if you think about a battery, it's like some days with a battery with no energy, other days with a battery where we're, we're bubbling with too much energy. Where we sometimes struggle is regulating. It's why we sit either side of the bell curve. You know, Callum McCurdy has a, has a, um, a great podcast and he talks a bit about the bell curve and the movements um, between us. And I think it's really, really important to look at that because um, it can be a real challenge. So I, I find meditation... If I'm feeling really low and my charge is low, I can I can bring it up. And if my charge is really high, I can bring it down. Now, when I meditate, the goal of meditation to me is to watch my mind, is to watch what's coming up. Watch what the subconscious is creating. Because all the thoughts going through are just the past being recreated in our minds, right? That's all it is. It's nothing more. It's no secret deep down thing. It's, it's literally the past coming up again and projecting itself into the future. Now, when I've been meditating, I, I, I've used a lot of work around my visual mind. So I like to create images on purpose. So using my conscious mind, using my choices basically in the moment, I can project onto the screen of my mind different images of things that I want in the future, feelings I want to continue to grow and improve in myself. Now, in the past, I would create very literal visual outcomes. Now, so for example, when I first started meditating, I always remember, you know, I was, I was trying to focus on money. Money was a real thing at the time. And I was trying to think about what would I what would I do in reality that would really match the um, show, show me that I'd succeeded in what I was trying to do. And I always remember it was going to the airport, and it was something like I honestly I can't even remember it very well. That's how powerful it was. But it was like having looking at my wallet, and there always being two hundred dollars in my wallet. That was what it was, and it was a real literal vision. Um, and what was happening, what I realized in the last little while is how the literal visions, it's not about it being, being literal or being true or something I want in the physical reality is not always the best way to direct our dyslexic minds. And I found this a lot, the more, the more I meditate, the more I spend time with myself, with my eyes closed out of the physical world watching my thoughts, watching what's happening. It gives me time to play with these concepts. You know, when, when the world is going on around me really quickly, it can be really hard to take time out, right? So in meditation, this is where I've been playing with it. And what I've realized more and more is like someone talks to themselves. And I, hey, I talk to myself from time to time as well. But when I'm, when I'm trying to get the most out of my mind, I can create kind of like a montage of visual movies that inspire feelings that I want to, I want to feel. And I can do this in the real world. If I'm, if I'm about to eat something I shouldn't and I catch myself, 
I can actually play a very quick montage, visual montage that will change my energy and change my charge. And so the, the big realization for me is, is I don't need to always focus on an exacting outcome. In certain circumstances, it's helpful. Don't get me wrong. If I'm really trying to aim for a very specific goal, that's fantastic. But if I'm trying to create physical body change, so one of my big challenges this year has been to really drop my anxiety and drop the drop this kind of cortisol-induced feeling of or blockages, I guess, in my system to try and help myself relax more. You know, if you're like me, you know, there's always a part of you that's on edge unsure there's something there and over time that has reduced but but i still know it's there does that make sense like you know you're improving but there's still a big piece of it that i had that like i can't quite see and so for so long i was kind of visualizing me standing in front of the mirror and just feeling really calm and that's got me to where i am you know in the last week but in the last couple of days I've really changed the way I'm visualizing. I'm starting to think more symbolically and not put as much weight on the visuals being reality, but on how the visuals impact my emotional feelings. So for example, you know, it could be a beautiful crystal calm lake. I don't even know what it is. It's a, it's a lake that's created in my mind. It's come from a bunch of probably movies, all this other stuff. It's not real. And I'm very aware of that from a a literal standpoint but in my mind i'm very very clear that relates to calm you know there's it could be for example you know if you've listened to wim hoff his work is around the cold and breathing i can imagine myself you know if i'm trying to cool off being in a freezing cold area my whole body being chilled and having a moment where it's like a reset of my body. So I'm not actually there. I've got no interest in doing that. But the visual mind is so powerful for all for every human. But in dyslexics, we can sometimes channel it. I, I believe we're just a little bit closer to channeling it. Well, a lot easier to channeling it when we get used to it. And so what I've started doing is really my visualization, visualizations are much more symbolic than they are real. And the ability, as I keep practicing, to access them in the moment, at any moment I can access them. Um, and using that as a real way of moving past old habits. I'm not sure if that makes any sense, but to me that's super clear. <laughs> you, know, you know how our brains work. I can see the movie of this. Getting it out of my mouth is another story. But just that realization of if you do meditate, if you do have a moment where you feel like you're overcharged, you're like full of energy, too much energy, and you know that it's as bad as it is good, and you want to calm it down a bit, start using the symbolic part of your brain. Create something that makes change. You know, I actually used to do this. The, one of the tricks I used to use now that's coming back to my mind is I worked out I could use symbolic visualization to stop myself hiccuping. I had this thing where I'd go out for a beer. Do you remember when you could go out and in New Zealand, we haven't been able to go out for a little while, but go and have a beer at a bar, a beer at a bar. That's very Kiwi accent there. Um, you know, and, and I'd, I'd start hiccuping. I, I always, I drink beer, craft beer. Please send it to this address. If you'd like to thank me with beer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
you know, I'd always start hiccuping and, and, and I, I could sometimes go on for like 10 minutes, I swear. And, and who knows why it finished. And I could start to actually symbolically visualize this kind of calm and relaxation. And if I did it for say 20 seconds, I'd usually close my eyes, even if it was at the bar and I would just pull all my focus into the symbolic calmness, not because an ocean had or or a lake had anything to do with hiccuping it was a complete symbolic change but i would just stop no more hiccuping gone and i could do it on a dime i haven't had the need for it as much now and now that i'm starting to visualize myself hiccup let's see how long that takes before that appears but that's how that's how connected our visual mind is to our body and um, yeah, I'll try and do some more podcasts. If you like this type of stuff, make sure you reach out. We always love to hear from you. There's a contact form on our website. But, you know, the visual side is so powerful. If you can get your head around it and, you know, a lot of our trainings are based around parts of this and, and we expand on it because, you know, you get your head around this. This is the stuff no one teaches you. No one ever teaches you at school. Um, you know, we've grown up with parents who don't understand this or a lot of them don't, don't get me wrong. There are some good ones out there that understand this, but get your head around this, start playing with it in your mind, start meditating. If you want any advice around that, just reach out to us. We're pretty cool. I, I believe we are. Um, but yeah, that's what I wanted to share today, guys. Hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you love it, um, I'd love a rating or review on Apple or Spotify. I'm also trying Spotify questions. I don't know if they're working. I got one reply. So thank you out there. Um, yeah, I'll be back in a couple of days. Have an epic rest of your day.